We'll be reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Numbers, chapter 13. This passage of scripture is a continuation of some thoughts that we discussed at the beginning of the year as we looked at the beginning of the journey of the children of Israel at the time where they crossed the Red Sea. This, of course, was uh, a time of great anticipation. A journey was set before them. And, of course, they were all primed up and ready to go. And they made that great step of faith and crossed the Red Sea. They've been traveling for about a year now, and they've met with a challenge. Their faith and resolve will be tested. Uh, I wanted to pick pretty much this time to look at this passage of Scripture because back at the first part of the year, 1st of January, last of December, as we face the upcoming year, a lot of times we face the upcoming year with a lot of resolve. We have some goals we want to meet. We've got some resolutions that we've made, and we're going to make some changes this year, and things are going to be different. About a month into it, we meet our challenges, maybe even sooner. And that's what has happened here. They started out with resolve, and they've really hit some challenges and some tests that will try their resolve and their dedication to the goals that, of course, they had set before them. And their faith will truly be put to the test. Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the commandment of the Lord, all the men who were heads of the children of Israel. Now look at verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south. Go up into the mountains. See what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eschol, and there they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they carried it between the two of them on a pole, and they brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eschol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back the word to them to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told them and said, we went to the land 
where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession. We are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people. They are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. We saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word can apply to us today and help us to find that application. We know that this history is here for a reason. It's your story. But Father, we continue to live history, and we ask that we would learn the lessons well you would have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It's pretty obvious as we read through the remainder of this passage of scripture here that the children of Israel have some big problems. Many of them have come to the conclusion that they have hit a wall that they cannot get over, around, or go through. But their problems, the first point we want to make, began long before the team returned and gave them this report. In the book of Deuteronomy, the next book in the Bible, chapter 1, Moses reviews in summary the events of the exodus all the way to the entrance of of the uh, land of promise. At the time of the book of Deuteronomy, it'd be 40 years later, they were just about to step over. He says, it's time to take a review of where we've come since then. And he gives a summary of what actually happened uh, as we look at this business of sending the spies. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 19, Moses said, We departed from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God has commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. And every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word of the way by which we should go. And the cities into which we shall come. The plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men from each one a tribe. Their problems began because we understand the instructions that God gave them as we look in the book of Deuteronomy is this. There's the land. Go possess it like God said for you to. There's the land. Go 
take it like God told you to. And the promise is in the instructions. This is the land, did you catch that? The Lord our God has given us, not will give us. He's already given it to us. And you go and possess that land. And the promise is God will give it to us. Now, we might could give them maybe a, a pass or maybe the benefit of the doubt. Is this the first time they had heard that promise? But we have to understand the promise that God would give them the land was not a new promise as they stood and looked over the border. In fact, if you'll turn all the way back where we read last uh, month uh, at the first of this month in Exodus chapter 13, you'll see how old the promise is. Exodus chapter 13 verse 5, and it bears to mention this was before they had taken the first step on their trip. This was when they were still in Egypt. This was right after the Passover. These were the instructions that God was giving them concerning the Passover. And right here in the instructions concerning the Passover, God gives the promise from the very start of their trip. In Exodus chapter 13 verse 5. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites. Now let's back up. It shall be when God brings you into the land. Did you catch that? When God brings you. It was a given. It was not even, I had to back up and, and discuss it. God said it would happen. This was so established, he didn't even have to make a special, he was talking about something else. But it was so understood, you'll come to the land of the Canaanites. And notice, and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you a land flowing with milk and honey that you shall keep this service in this month. Talking about the Passover. There are several things I want you to remember. Put these in the back of your mind. Number one, God told them who was there. He told them about the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Hittites. And he told them it was a land flowing with milk and honey. File those into the back of your mind. That'll be interesting to know a little bit later on. The promise was from the very start. And now it's about a year later. What's the problem? Moses said, there's the land God promised you from the very start. Go in and possess it. And they, every one of them said, no, ho, 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 wait a minute. Let's go send spies out and look at this land first. What's the problem? The problem is this. They trusted the opinions of men more than they had trusted the words of God. Notice God said, there's the land. This is what you'll find there. I'm giving it to you. And they said, now we need to send some guys there and get their ideas about it. These men were in leadership. As we noticed in the book of Numbers, Moses said, I'm sending every tribe, I'm at least sending a leader from every tribe. These men were in leadership. And these men voted when they got back. And the majority of them said, we can't do it. God is wrong. Now we have to understand exactly what they're saying. They said, we've done our analysis, we've done our research, we've done our reconnaissance, we've looked it all over. God had said, go in and possess it. 
we can't do it, we won't do it, this is a land that will kill us, we can't take the land. So here's a group of men who voted leadership in the land that said, God is wrong. And the people believed them instead of believing God. They believed the leaders of the land before they believed God. Now we might say, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The passage of scripture that we read said, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send them to spy out the land. Now, how is it that Deuteronomy said, every one of you wanted to send spies, and then God gives Moses the command. The second point is this. God allowed them to make this choice. Every one of them said, we'd rather hear from men than God. So God said, okay, Moses, I'm allowing them to make this choice. The reason is he does not force his obedience on anyone. He will not force his obedience on anyone. He allowed them to make a choice. See, God is sovereign. God controls everything in the universe, but God is sovereign enough to give man a choice. And if man wants to make bad choices and go against God's word, God says, here's the choice, but I'm going to let you make the choice and watch this, and you will, you will take responsibility for your choices. Don't blame God when our bad choices give us bad results. Now, I mentioned this before, but I read the story, and I love the story because it's about, about how we do things a lot of times. You know, somebody had made a New Year's resolution that they were going to lose some weight for the year, and that's a good resolution to make. They were going to eat healthy, but, man, they stopped at the donut shop every day, every day. So they prayed, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, please, please, please. If you really want me, to stop and get a donut, let there be a parking place right in front of the donut shop. <laughs> oh, they prayed about it. And you know what? There was a parking place right in front of the donut shop the third time they circled the block. <laughs> now, a lot of times we'll say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, please lead me and tell me what you want me to do. And if you really want me to do this, God's already said some things. And some of the things we don't have to pray about. God's already set some rules. And you see, what they were saying is, we don't really know if this is the right way to go, and we want to send some men to spy it out and let us know if God is right. God allowed him to make this choice, of course, for several reasons. Number one, to reinforce his promise. God said, okay, send men. But notice how he said it. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, listen to this, which I am given to the children of Israel. He's not given up. Okay, you can make the choice. Go ahead and send your guys. Send your guys, but this is really a useless point because I've already told you I'm giving it to you. This is a total waste of time, but if you want to waste your time and try to get the opinions of men, go ahead and send them. And there's an interesting thing in his instructions when Moses instructed the children of Israel and, and where they went. He told them the way to go. He said, go this way. And then it summarizes the way that they went. And it says in verse 22, they went up through the south and came to Hebron. Now we would read over that till you do a little bit of, Hebrew, of, of, of homework about the Hebrew people and a little bit of homework in the scripture. Hebron is where Sarah was buried. Sarah 
the wife of Abraham, the first person God gave the promise to about the land of Canaan. He said, you'll inherit this land. Sarah died in that land. And Sarah was buried in that land. Now, we're still saying, so what? Well, when you bury a family member in that land, you have claimed possession on the land. And that land is claimed for the descendants of that person buried there. So when he said, and they went up to Hebron, we understand that's a reinforcement of the promise because everybody knew that that's where Sarah was buried. Every Jewish person would know that. And they said, aha, uh-huh. I don't know what their problem was. Sarah was buried in Hebron. Hebron's within the land of promise. That land was already claimed as per God's word and as per the culture of the land. It was a, it was a double promise to them. Secondly, he allowed them to make this choice, not only to reinforce his promise, but to reveal the size of the task. Let me tell you, when God asks us to do something, and when God gives us commandments and instructions, there is no fine print. God will tell us exactly what's going to be involved. God is not going to say, it's going to be a piece of cake. It's going to be easy. Just follow me and you can name it and claim it. And you can get that money. Just type amen and share this message on Facebook and it's all going to come rolling in. That is not what God does. God says, here is the way, walk in it. And here's what you can expect. You can expect temptations. You can expect resistance. You can expect tribulations. You can expect persecution. He spells it all out. God will tell us. So God said, guys, okay, you want to send spies? I'll let you send spies. So I'm going to give you the route and you're going to have a clear picture of the land. And I've already told you what's there. But if you want to look it forward, I will let you know what you're facing. And when we decide to say yes to God, God has already said, and this is what you can expect. He wanted to reveal to them the task at hand. But he also wanted to remind them of the reward. To remind them of the reward. They came back in verse 27 They came and told him, we went to the land where you sent us. And now look at this. Surprise, surprise. It truly flows with milk and honey. Now, way back at the first of their trip in Exodus, he said, I'm sending you to a land that flows with milk and honey. And over and over, he talks about them flowing with milk and honey. What that meant was good pasture land. Good pasture land for your flocks and good pasture land for your beehives. That's what it is. It's not some kind of drink that just flows around milk and honey. Never mixed that up before. That just shows us it's a good land. It flows with milk and honey. God said that would happen. But go ahead and send your spies. And they came back and said, you know, God was right. Isn't that something? When men send out spies and science comes across something and says, whoa, the Bible was right about this. Archaeologists are always digging up something and says, Man, the Bible was right when it talked about this town, when it talked about this event. All this time, people have doubted God. God says, send your spies. And every single time, they come back and say, God was right. He reminds them, though, of the reward. I've promised you the land. You're going into the land with the promise. Now, it's going to be hard. Here's the task at hand. It's a big land. And here's what you got to deal with. But you know, the reward would be worth it. So he said, send your spies. They'll come back and tell you what you need to know. Now, 
Their problems are still familiar today. Their problems are our problems. And here's the problems that are familiar today. First of all, they let the opinions of others take priority over God's word. Now, that was the problem when they sent the spies. The fact that they sent the spies in the first place revealed a problem. A problem they didn't want to trust the pillar of fire and the pillar of the cloud and the leadership of God. They said, we want to send those guys over. We want to hear from them. We've heard from God, but let's hear from these guys. And these guys had an opinion about the instructions of God, the principles of God, and the promise of God. Their opinion didn't square up with God's opinion. Who are you going to listen to? These guys were leaders, and the leaders of the land had some opinions that didn't square up with God's leaders. Just because the leaders of the land, by majority vote, approve of something, watch this, does not make it right. Does not make it right. Back in the early 70s, the leaders of the land voted to say abortion is a choice. And it's all okay because it's a right. Just because the leaders of the land then and now approve of that does not make that practice agreeable with God and does not make it right. Just a few years ago, we're going to sanction, we're going to sanction a pattern of relationship that goes all against God's pattern for marriage. And the leaders of the land said, we're going to sanction, we're going to officially approve of marriage between a man and a man and a woman and a woman. Just because the leaders of the land call it marriage does not mean that it's right. Now, that does not make me a hater when I say that set of relationships is all against the biblical pattern of marriage. The leaders of our land, not by official vote, but the popular culture says you can live together and not be married and it's all okay. Because look, all the popular entertainers, they do that. And they talk about living with their new boyfriend and blah, 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 blah. And this whole generation comes up because our, my favorite singer, my favorite athlete, my favorite entertainer, they do it. It must be okay. Just because the leaders of the land approve of something does not make it right. And that's what they did. They let the opinions of others take priority over God's word. Secondly, and this is familiar, they allowed circumstances to control their values. Now, God's word is okay up to a point. And then you got to understand, you know, this is situational ethics. And, you know, this is a special circumstance here. We're going to do it this way because we're in a bind. They were all okay following God till those guys came back and the circumstances controlled their values. Thirdly, and this may be more, more familiar, they forgot the goal when moving forward required effort. When the going got tough, they forgot the goal and the reward. God said, there's the land, you can have it, and this is the land that it's going to be. They were sailing forward and all of a sudden, uh-oh, this is hard. And they flinched. God said they could do it. God told them it wasn't going to be easy. And then they acted surprised at the challenges. Now notice in verse 29. In verse 29, they said, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. 
The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell by the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of Jordan. They came and they're all hyperventilating because you know who we saw there? Now, remember back in Exodus chapter 13 when I said put that in the back of your brain? Before they took the first step, God said, I'm going to send you to the land of the Amalekites and the Amorites and the Havites and the the Hittites and the Jebusites. They're all going to be there. God said it. God said this is what you'll have to face. Then they finally face him and they act like we didn't see this one coming. Why not? They forgot what God had told them. Again, God reinforces this. If you look in Exodus chapter 33, this is not the only time God told them. Over and over. Chapter 33 of Exodus, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom I have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send my angel before you and will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Over and over again, he tells them. And not only that, he gives them details of how they will do it. And this is important. If you go back just a few more pages to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. If we look in verse 23, we find a, a repetition. You think, God repeated this over and over. Yes, he did. Obviously, they didn't catch it. My angel will go before you. This is in verse 23 of chapter 23. My angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Look in verse 27. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you will come. And you will make and will make your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you and drive out who? The Hivite and the Canaanite and the Hittite before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. What did he say? It boils down to this. You can do it. And these people are there. But watch it. To follow my instructions will take effort and time. And there's where we blow it. We want an instant result. So when it comes to our personal goals, we want an instant result. Nothing we've all found out. When it comes to personal goals, sometimes the results are not instant and we we lose hope and we lose resolve. When it comes to our spiritual goals, definitely not instant. God takes us where we are and leads us where we ought to be. And sometimes that is a long process. But we say, "It's, it's just no use. I just can't get this. And he said this, this will take effort and time. Little by little, I'll drive them out. Well, 
The 12 spies go. 10 of them said, there's no way we can wipe these guys out tomorrow. God never said they would wipe them out tomorrow. He said, you will reach your goal, but it will take a long time of dedication. And a lot of times, we're good at starting things. We're still good at starting the goals and the resolutions and the good intentions and the commitments, then the recommitments. We're good at starting that, but you let it get a little bit of time, and we just fade off. It's too hard. The challenges or the distractions, it's just too much. And God told them from the very start, this is what you need to do. And it will be hard and it will take time. Well, they wanted to hear of men's opinions. The men came back and said, forget about what God said. We can't do this. We can't do this. And they listened to men rather than God. Now, where does this leave us? Because you're thinking, man, I don't have a big, big challenge like this in front of me. I'm not going anywhere this year. I'm, not, I'm definitely not going over there, take a land. Well, the whole life of living for Jesus Christ is like this journey. And we choose whether we will go forward or stay put. We choose whether we will decide to listen to God's instructions about this journey or the opinions of man. And then we choose whether or not we will take the effort because it's going to be hard. Let me say that again. It's going to be difficult when we make our mind to do something of value for the Lord. On September the 12th, 1962, John F. Kennedy was making a speech at Rice University. In one of the most famous quotes, he said this, we choose to go to the moon in this decade and to the other things, but not because they're easy, but because they are hard. We should do what God instructs, not because it's easy, but listen, but because it's right. And doing the right thing will never come easy. Well, what's God telling me to do? Well, God's telling all of us to do certain things. And these things will not come easy. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's real easy sometimes when it's the right neighbor, isn't it? But what if it's the wrong neighbor? He didn't give us that choice. Sometimes it's hard to love our neighbor. Sometimes it's hard to love others. When they are not like us, when they do not like us, God didn't say there's a little bit of clause in here that kind of gives us some discretion of who we'll love and who we want. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it gets even harder. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32, be kind and tenderhearted. Well, that's hard enough. But then he says, forgiving one another as God forgave you. Now it gets real hard. That is the Kadesh Barnea for a lot of people. They will serve God to a point, but no, sir, I will not forgive. There's no way I can forgive. God says to forgive. He didn't say it'd be easy. And he didn't say it'd come quick. But he tells us to take this journey and to forgive as Christ forgave us. Telling the truth. Sometimes it's easy. And sometimes, oh man. Like the little boy that said, a lie is an abomination of the Lord and a sure and present help in time of trouble little white lie to get us out of a bind. 
God said, here's your instructions for your journey. You be honest in the sight of all men, and you tell the truth. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. Coming to church, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. Tithing, investing in God's work, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes people say, it's impossible. I can't do it. God never said it would be easy. God never said it wouldn't take investment. And God never said it wouldn't take effort. He said it will take some effort. Then it gets personal. It gets even more personal. God gets all up into your personal business when it comes to his word. When it comes to our journey through life, we have to understand we're not in it all by ourselves. We take this journey with other people. And God has some instructions about how we should deal with the people we're traveling with. In the book of Ephesians, it says this, Wives, submit yourselves to the leadership of your husband and respect them. Now the culture says, uh-uh, uh-uh, I ain't submitting nobody. Get the head going. Submit to the leadership of your husband and respect your husband. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard, isn't it? Now, I didn't get any amens, but I knew you thought it. All right, I know you thought it. But that coin turned it around and said, Husbands, love your wives like you love yourself. Love your wives as much as you love yourself. And Colossians goes a little bit further with them and says, And don't be harsh with them. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not easier. Maybe I should say sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's easier. Is that but it's, it's not easy to deal with each other in a relationship. And that's what happens a lot of times. Couples get to the, to the journey of their relationship. Wow, this is hard. This is not a big, long date. God says we love and respect each other, whether it's easier, whether it's hard. Parents, bring your children up in the way of the Lord. Sometimes that's very hard in the culture in which we live. It's easy when they're small. It's hard when they get to be teenagers. But we don't have the choice when it comes to taking the right way. Children, you don't get a free pass either. Children, obey your parents in the the Lord. Whoa, this is never easy, is it? It never comes easy. And honor your father and your mother. Didn't say it'd be easy. He just said this is the way you should walk. And this is the journey you should take. So we say where God gives us instructions, then he says you choose if you're going to go in and possess the land. And Paul sums it all up. He sums up the journey in Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. And I bring this up because this is a very graphic description of the land in which God wants us to possess. God is very honest about the task that's set before us. And we can look at this and realize this is not going to come easy, folks. This is going to be one uphill climb because of our nature. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, and do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You put off all these things, anger, 
wrath, malice, filthy language out of your mouth, and don't lie to each other. This is hard. But you see, God says, you go and possess the land. And it's not going to be an easy task. And he tells us, you go and possess the land. This is the life that I have for you. And no, it will not come easy. And we have the choice whether we will take the effort and possess the land or whether we will stop like the children of Israel at Kadesh Barnea. And I want to sum up the options that we have. They refused. They said, we can't do it, and we're not. You don't see them sitting around saying, whoa, we dodged a bullet that time. God wanted us to do all that. I'm not doing it because our leader said, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to do what God says. You can do whatever you want to. You'd think, man, they'd be all happy about that. Man, that responsibility is gone. I don't have that task looking at me again. I can just say no to it and go on. Chapter 14, verse 1 of Numbers, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. Watch this. We have the choice as to whether we're going to live God's way or not, whether we're going to walk God's way or no, whether we're going to go in and possess the land or say, God doesn't know what he's talking about. None of this is true. But let me tell you this. Courage and joy for life is extinguished. When we ignore the words of God. When we decide we don't want to take the effort. And we don't believe God. And we're going to go our own way. Courage and joy is extinguished. And the people wept all night long. But now two guys. Two guys were the minority vote. Caleb and Joshua stilled the people and said, we can do this. We can go. We're well able to do this. They were outvoted. Sometimes the majority is not right. Just because the majority of the leaders said something doesn't make it right. These two guys are the guys we follow. They said it could be done. They had the courage and strength to stand up against the opinions of everybody else and say, you know what? I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God, and I believe everything God said about what's ahead of me, and I believe everything about what God said I should do. Are we willing to be that brave? Are we willing to be that bold? I don't know where this sermon may have hit you. We have the promises of God. Trust them. We have the instructions of God. Follow them. And if there's something that we need to deal with, don't leave here ignoring the word of God. Whatever decision you might need to make as we stand and sing.